guys. Thank you for tuning in again to another episode of the Rugged Canadian Podcast. My name is Josh. Currently, it is 9.06 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I believe, in Ontario, Canada. Canada A, that's, uh, that's where we come from. And I would just like to talk about just a few things that come to mind. So, I guess I should give you a little bit of a backstory just um, on kind of who who we are and uh, just a little bit of history. So, yeah, basically, <clears throat> excuse me, we came from the east coast of Canada about 13, 14 years ago. And uh, PEI, that's, that's where originally uh, we're from. And we, we lived there for a while. I lived there for about 10 years of uh, my life. And really enjoyed it down there when I was younger. Uh, I remember when the bridge was built. I think pretty much around the time I was really young. But we used to have to take the ferry across to go to the land of New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. And basically there was no other way to get to those lands because PEI, if you don't know, it's a, it's a little island with probably, I think, 150,000 people total. And there's no real, uh, it's, it's just small. Uh, really, I'm not really, I wasn't really used to basically Ontario and how big it is compared to that when I came here. But, but yeah, we lived down there and I just remember just being uh, down there doing things, just kind of, uh, you know, getting out and trying things uh, as basically business ideas when I was younger. And there was a golf course kind of close by to where we lived. And I remember me and my brother would go, we'd walk down as probably, I want to say a kilometer, maybe a couple of kilometers away. We lived just near kind of a lake. And I remember walking down there and we walked to the golf course different times. Basically, we would we'd find golf balls that it was all wooded area. So we'd find golf balls that basically people would bat out into the woods, bad shots. And they'd, the golf balls would be sitting in there just in the water and kind of on the lake edge in the woods. I just remember just getting a taste of finding them and what we do is we'd find them take them back to our headquarters clean them and try to sell them at the road I remember doing that um that was just uh something we kind of started just as sort of I don't know it's probably like 10 10 years old not even maybe like seven to ten something like that and uh, I remember just getting a few sales doing that and uh yeah just one time i remember we were down in the woods there and there was some golfers that were down there we we kind of sneak onto the course when when the people were you know we we thought like we didn't really want to be like basically viewed it was just kind of weird because we were young kids just we'd have uh i remember we had like um we got these hatchets and uh we got them, and I um, remember we one time we took, I believe it was a hatchet or it was it was some knives, but 
but it doesn't really matter. We took them with us, and I remember just having them and being in the golf course, basically, and some guy, like, was by the edge of the woods, and he seen us, and we were trying to find these golf balls, and I remember trying to go after it, and uh, the guy had just kind of seen us, two young kids. I was about seven. Brother would have been two years younger, so he was about five, somewhere around there, and uh, we had some, like, weapons on us looking for golf balls. It just must have been a weird sight. Um, but, yeah, no, so what we would do, we'd find them, we'd sell them. We did that a little bit. Um, another thing that I remember doing is selling chocolate bars for our school. I remember being in grade school. They had this sort of uh, fundraiser stuff for, I forget what it was for, but I remember they were Cadbury uh, milk chocolate bars that basically you could, uh, I think the school bought them. You could get them from the school, basically, and you would basically just sell as much as you could, and then the money would go back to the, the fundraiser. And the prize was for you as the seller, uh, there was like t-shirts and then like the grand prize was like an iPod Nano because like iPod just it, it just it just came out like that year like the iPod Nano uh, it was a really big deal and this is going back a ways I remember that and I remember seeing that and uh, I really wanted to win this so me and my brother would go around or my uh, parents would drive us in the van but they wouldn't help us actually sell because they believe we should be the ones selling them to people so they would drive us because we were pretty young. I would have been like 10 or a little younger, probably around that age though. Not much older than that at all. And yeah, I remember just going hustling and I sold, it was probably 900 bucks worth of, uh, of candy. Uh, my brother, I think helped a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I kind of do the talking and he would a little bit, but I was a little bit older. So I would kind of do the talking to people and yeah, it was like it was about nine hundred bucks. I know that that we sold, and um, yeah, I essentially lost to some girl, but she had her parents taking the chocolates, and then they were selling them for her. But we were doing all the footwork, me and my brother. We were just hustling, like we were going hard in the trenches, and yeah, I just remember that being experienced back then, and just going after it. Um, I don't know. I was just crazy, I guess, but I remember doing that and I was, I was just kind of pissed when I uh, heard we all were gathered in that gym and, uh, they were announcing who basically, yeah, who like sold the most. And, um, I got like second place and I basically what I got was a t-shirt and she got the iPod nano and I was just, I was just devastated just after doing all that work trying to basically win this prize and like this this took a little bit of work like we we didn't just do this one day we were at this this was like a a month or or more fundraiser uh at least like a month and yeah um but basically where i'm going with all this is uh just you know it just takes work to to basically make something and uh make something happen um, you know, just sitting around hoping, thinking something will come from basically just uh, wishful thinking. It, it really doesn't work that way. Um, you just got to put in the work and that's all I can really say. Just you got to work and you 
basically it's got to have blindfolds on, uh, not on your eyes, but just on your, you know, the side of your eyes, basically as horses do when they're, uh, they're pulling, um, you know, people around is what I'm trying to say. Uh, just side blinders, not forward blinders. So basically you're not distracted by anything and you're just basically focused and you're just, you're zeroing in on that goal. And you're just going. Uh, and basically, yeah, just don't stop. That's kind of what it takes. Uh, just, you know, if you want to be successful in anything. Um, but, you know, that was, as I was younger, just sort of what uh, I got a taste of just how kind of business works. And uh, from there, I kind of just really gravitated towards doing activities that uh or just about business, just because uh, I like the process of just trying to do something that uh, people say can't be done. Or, you know, I've had people telling me that I shouldn't really have a business and I shouldn't uh, basically do things because it costs too much money and you're not going to succeed. So people try to, you know, tell me that, but I I really can't listen to that advice because they're not the ones that, uh, that are trying to do what I'm trying to do. So basically it takes work to do something in life and, uh, you just gotta be willing to, to basically sacrifice and put in what's required to, to make something happen. And that could be anything, not just business, but those are just a few thoughts there. I hope this has brought value to you. And if it has, I do thank you for listening.